Welcome to the Spirit School Podcast. My name is Danielle Sarank, also known as the Squamish Medium. I created this space to inspire lightworkers to go from fear to clear and get connected to their sacred abilities and spiritual practices. I love supporting women through the creation of their heart-centered spiritual businesses in a way that lights them up and aligns them with their purpose. I am passionate to share all I know about the journey to becoming a professional psychic medium, mentor, and coach for the developing lightworker and spiritual entrepreneur. Through interviews, honest stories of my adventures, and lessons I learned, I hope to empower, inspire, and uplift you and get you excited about your life again. Welcome home. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Spirit School. I'm so excited to invite amazing medium I've been following for many years, Declan Flynn. How are you, Declan? I'm very well. Thank you for having me on. I love it. Yes, I kind of met Declan on Facebook. I think it was 2014 I started following him. It was like year one in my mediumship development and just so thirsty to follow other working mediums. And so I've been kind of like a fly on Declan's wall. And when I asked him to come onto the podcast, I had to tell him I've been following you for years, um, but not in a creepy way. (laughs) I promise. And so I'm really keen to talk, um, you know, Declan's from Ireland. And so I have some questions about developing mediumship on that side of the world compared to Canada where I am, and then talk to him as well about his amazing fitness journey and more about his mediumship development. So, but first I just want to say hi, Declan, and maybe you want to introduce a little bit about yourself to the listeners. That'd be great. Okay. Thank you. Uh, So I'm from Dublin and if anyone's ever been over here and you've been to the Guinness Brewery, well, you've missed an opportunity to wave at me at the back garden because I can see right up to the viewing platform and um, my mediumship journey began in 2004 in California and I at that point I would have been an atheist didn't believe in anything and um, after a period of passings within my family from 92 to 2000 I kind of walked away from being um, Catholic and my involvement with the church being an altar boy and um, I, my faith was strong at that point, but after all these valuable people in my life that I loved had passed over, um, I kind of got angry and then kind of walked away from anything spiritual. But it was a time of need. And we I know a lot of people might know of the, the dark night of the soul expression. Mm-hmm. And I wasn't going too well in California. And I just asked, okay, nanny or my cousin are you there are you loving me can you help me and a couple of nights later i heard my voice uh, sorry i heard in my name being called and um, as clearly as i can hear you speak mm-hmm. and like i freaked out <laughs> and <laughs> within a few moments me I, I was talking to my mother and she said oh you're you're, you're hearing your dreams go back to sleep and that because half 10 at night there half six in the morning in dublin and um Within a few moments, she phoned me back to say my sister woke up and confirmed that she had a communication in spirit, from spirit from my cousin to say that she'd been with me. And that started the journey and of exploring and understanding Reiki to begin with and level one and two and trying to, it was a bit confusing at times. Is it me? Is it them? And I'm making it up. Mm. And that, it's all in my head. And then gradually, I, as I progressed and learned and got, went on courses, I got an interest then in different avenues of mediumship, of communication with spirit on evidential side and then on trance and healing and up to physical mediumship. 
So it's like there's a broad spectrum. I never intended to do any of this. It all just happened. But I've enjoyed the journey. It's been 16 years now. Uh, sorry, it's nearly 17 years now. Um, this year um, in the summer where I first started the, the communication. So it's been interesting. I love that. I have so many questions just based off of what you say, because I've never heard your origin story either, how you get started. I must've joined you 10 years after you started developing. So that's really exciting. Um, okay. So a couple of things, when you mentioned Reiki now, I've interviewed a lot of people on the podcast and I've worked with a lot of different people from different walks of life. And for me, I've seen so many people discover their mediumship abilities through Reiki attunements. Do you think there's something there to that? Uh, yeah, well, Reiki, the initial achievements, you're going to raise your vibration. It says sevenfold, you see, the understanding. So you're raising your vibration up, you're opening yourself up that little bit more, and you're becoming more perceptible to energy and vibrations of the people around us in a psychic level. Uh, but that can, if you have a mediumship ability to open you up then to perceive spirit, and it can be a very mild connection. It's like almost you just know there's someone in the room. And that um, yeah. it could be a sense of just a tingly sensation of a sudden that washes over you. Um, so, yeah, that's what happened to me. And I remember having the first attunement and just seeing the color of the room change slightly. Yeah. And my clairvoyant state was a very juvenile state at that point. And I was just getting a flash of a color change as we were talking of a bit different individuals, angels and spirit walking into the, into the space. But yeah. Um, yeah, so that is certainly would help people open up and perceive that a little bit more. And years later, uh, but two years later, I did Reiki too, and that helped my increase my awareness. And then in 2011, 2012, a friend of mine, my Reiki master, tuned me to the level three, and straight off my clear audience stage got clearer within moments of the attunement. So there are stages that will help people, but that's going to be different for each individual to the, the depth that that change will happen. Yeah, I really appreciate that. That's a really good explanation because I've always, I've never done Reiki myself and I don't know if I've ever consciously signed up for like a Reiki session before, like to receive one. I've had people say like, oh, I sent you Reiki. I'm like, awesome. Like, thank you. That's so generous of you. Um, but I've never like sat down for a Reiki session. So I'm always been curious about what people think that connection is. And you just simply said, it, it's like raising your vibrations. Like that makes really clear sense to me then. It's okay. I love that modality that could be that can use just to instigate it and that i don't use symbols of that when i'm doing reiki or we're doing healing and that it's just i just a conduit of healing but uh yeah it will help yeah okay um so something else i wanted to ask before i go into a little bit more of your development journey here um just based off of what you said so I love hearing, so you grew up Catholic and then you kind of went against religion in the sense where you went a little bit atheist. We're probably confused, like, I don't know what to believe in. Like, is there God? Is there not a God? How does this happen? How was that transition for you? What kind of um, religion or belief system do you think you have now based off of all your years of, of mediumship development? Well, certainly I would call myself a, a spiritualist. I certainly like the values of spiritualism as well. Um Personally, in my own belief, some of the core elements of it are necessary, but other elements need to modernize a little bit, a little bit old fashioned and antiquated. So I, I, I see in a sense of it needs to progress to how the world is now, not how it was in this initiated over 200 years ago mm. at, at this point. 
Um, and Spira keeps saying to me, if mediumship is to develop, the mediumship itself is to develop. So the philosophy should develop as well. So mm. it's supposed to be a thinking man's religion or person's religion, I should say, be more PC. Um, and that should be the case that we should always be advancing what our understanding is as well. So, yeah, from going from a very strong uh, Catholic background and upbringing, naturally, well, in Ireland, that would be <laughs> the, the natural sense of it. But uh, I, I was curious as well and intrigued by how and, and my family's always been around religious orders, not through the church or through my mother's work as well with within the local community and and adult education working within a, a convent setting as well as no convent for an adult education and one of the nuns there even said and she'd be of a very conservative order that when she went to my spiritual center i had 2011 2012 she says you could really feel the closeness of the other world so mm. there was an openness there so there, I, I do believe the catholic church to a certain degree understand what we try to do mm. um, wouldn't freely admit it another instant very briefly it was a neighbor it looked as if she was about to pass away and I was called up before the priest was called in and I was aware this lady was actually starting to see the other world and a mother and a daughter that's passed decades before I was born and I could confirm where they were in the room so she pointed to an area and I ma'am confirmed that's where I seen them and the priest came in and said nothing we just acknowledge each other and two days later the lady still was with us then for another three years the lady uh, the priest came in to her daughter and said um who's the young man on the bed with your mother i said oh that's my neighbor's son he's a medium or i thought as much you could feel the peace in the room mm. so i do feel that they do have a understanding but it's like it's different tiers like us individuals shouldn't have that direct connection but we can we are all divine and we can have that divine connection individually mm -hmm. some will have more of an openness and understanding of it and be able to reach in and see and feel and know others are just going with blind faith and that's important as well yeah i i definitely i love hearing that and early on in my development, I did read, um, the seven principles of spiritualism and I, de but where I live, the closest spiritualist church is like, I don't know, 150 kilometer round trip. Mm -hmm. And so they're not very common where I am compared to where you are in the world. And I just recently started researching how spiritualism went over to the UK from, from the U S where it was kind of like born. And so is that how you focused a lot of your development early on was through the spiritualist church and spiritualist yeah. circles? Yeah. Okay. It's like going to the art of Finley college. I, 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 I say now when I started off in 2007, going over there, it was a weekend course. Mm. And like I was hooked. And um, that was after I went to a, first demonstration here in Dublin by a lady from Wales and she told me I had to go and mm. one day we'll actually end up doing a platform together this is in front of 200 people she's telling me this and I'm going <laughs> oh never <laughs> but uh, we ended up we did do that um years later we served uh, I served in her church in Wales but um and then she came to Dublin and we did vice versa but going to Stansted and I see in every one and a half hour lesson that I would have during a week um, being like my weekly circle 
I treated it mm. as that because I don't have that connection here at that time. It's a little bit more open. There's a little bit more understanding. There's a few other spiritual centers that have opened in Ireland over the last decade. And um, some of them are very spread out. So we don't have, like in England, you could have a, a church in nearly in every town, maybe a couple in a town and that. So I just go over and I'd, I'd do workshops or I'll um, go to services in the UK when I had the opportunity. Yeah, I love that. And I think what I was drawn to the most around um, spiritualism, even though I never really attended a church or development circle, just was, I had two babies at home. So it just like, wasn't in the realm of potential, but now with COVID, I attend three a week uh, because everything's online and I'm like, awesome. So I can attend different spiritual services from around the world now. And it's just been so amazing because what drew me to mediumship and what I really kind of hung on to really early in those years of developing was the philosophy. Like I just love spiritual philosophy. And that's why I love attending these services. And I get the sense from you, even just hearing what you've had to say too, that that's very important to you as well. It is. It is. And like part of it, like, I, I would not have read the Bible or study philosophy by any stretch of the imagination. And it's true, the mediumship where philosophy has come true, particularly with my initial trans communicator, that was his thing. That was Sean's priority of coming forward with, with philosophy, a very Buddhist kind of, of viewpoints with it. And um, the inspiration of writing or speaking that I would do now mm. certainly has a hint to that, but it's a very practical philosophy yes. as well. And um, I, say we're talking about like just going natural with the interview process and let questions come up and we go with the flow. That's how I am with my inspirational speaking, because if I think about something, me, Declan, person, and I want to include that in, if it doesn't come up, I start stuttering or mm. I start getting annoyed and because I'm not getting it, my points across. If I just allow spirit to come forward, a 15, 20 minute speech can come out and I'm aware of what I'm saying at the time, but at the end of it, I won't recall every word or every part of it because you're in the flow of that moment. Yeah. And that's what I love about the philosophy end of it when you're speaking and um, that you, you are removed temporarily from your physical consciousness and you're just allowing that flow of spirit through. Yeah. So I love that. So question about this, like uh, to get into the details of it. So when you're doing your inspirational speaking and obviously spirit is, you know, pressing upon you like thoughts and, you know, sensations, what does that feel like for you? So you feel the presence of spirit when you're doing mediumship demonstration or one-on-one, does it feel the same when guides come through to speak through you? In essence, in, in essence it is like, there's not a huge difference at this point for me at the early stages of development to I'm sure a lot of people would understand that you're trying to rationalize when you're feeling that connection, when it's not just you. And because initially it's going to be like 95, 90% you, two, 3% spirit, because they need to get your voice working and your channel going through. And you, you might feel like an essence of someone coming forward and standing next to you. Mm. now it's to a point where and, and when you do that you, you, you kind of okay you have a lady standing this side of me I have a gentleman standing this side of me and you rationalize it and break it down and when you get used to it and you look more liberal and you can be free within that energy they just come forward and blend and just touch your mind 
mm. too. So it's like their thoughts are interwoven with my thoughts and they just come forward. And that's what they're trying to do with all mediums. It's just going to overlay their mind and their concept of thought with yours. Mm. And um, it, it just blends together as one. I love that. So I'm somebody who suffers with stage fright in big ways, right? Like I, uh, <laughs> I imagine, like, I can't imagine uh, standing up in front of people regularly in front of like audiences, uh, just standing there doing inspirational speaking or, you know, doing readings. Like, was that something you had to get used to or is it just come really naturally to you? What was that process? for? Because you do a lot of demonstrations. That's one thing I've noticed through, I mean, obviously with COVID things are very different, but you used to always do like lots of different demonstrations and I used to sit there like, wow, like I can't believe somebody could stand in front of an audience like that. <laughs> what was your process around that? My, my first, uh, I remember my very first uh, time standing up, I was over in Artifinity College and Muriel Tennant that I mentioned got me up on platform in, in front of about 60, 70 people and said to me, how do you connect with spirit? And I go, talk to me guides? I don't know. And that's like, then I was getting comfortable, took my shoes off, standing by, sitting by the window, looking out the garden <laughs> in this lecture. And I got a, a little bit of fragment of information through um, and that built up then at the weekend where I was seeing stuff in front of me. I was hearing someone whisper into my ear, all these things. So like, but my nerves was a big part of that. And, and it took me a while to learn how to control my nerves and make that an empowering part mm. to so from going in front of a group with not knowing how to do it to, I know how the mechanics of it. I'm used to doing this. I stand in front of a group of 10 people, 200 people. My nerve still is exactly the same. And I have to build that energy up. If I wasn't nervous, there's something wrong. I need to get mm. myself into that space because for me, I use that power to expand the auric field for my energy to command the space where I can hold that energy to a point that spirit can come forward and stand next to me and then I can hear the whispers or I can feel the sensations as they blend temporarily with me as I'm communicating mm. like to every medium that's going to be slightly different how that works and like I one medium I always say as when you see this auric field work with them and how I know they get nervous beforehand at times too um, and when they come forward and hold that presence of spirit you can actually see spirit you're watching them stand next to the medium mm. and communicate and i thought it's fantastic to be able to do that so imagine we were able to do that with our nervous energy to build it to a point where people can actually see the silhouettes of those stand next to us mm. and that's so it, it, it's a nice aspect to aim for but with the nervousness use it as a power use it constructively and not destructively yeah, I think that's going to be a game changer for me. Um, just hearing that because I know not our, all nerves are created equal. And I know that, you know, one thing that I was kind of feeling with my nerves is like, okay, this is kind of my nervous system activating as well um, to make that connection. But I love how you talk about transforming it into something powerful, use it as power because it is powerful. Nervousness is very powerful, right? And so use it as building the power. I think that's really, really smart. So I'm going to try that next time. I might try that actually. Breathing in and out. And as you breathe in and out, those nervousness energy that, that is within you, that's breathing and expanding. But 
your auric field just keeps going out and out and out like a bigger balloon if you're inflating. Yeah, I love that. I'm going to do that next time. I'm actually right after this interview, I'm going to have to do uh, a reading with my mentor. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to try to use that because we'll see what happens. Yeah. So early on in your development, like, I mean, I went through a lot of this myself. This is what I talk a lot about on spirit school, but there was like a lot of fear, a lot of doubt, a lot of like limiting beliefs when it came to this work. I mean, my history was with race cars, right. And like nothing transferable to what it comes to mediumship. And so I had a lot of like limiting beliefs, like thinking like I wasn't that good or I wasn't that accurate or I was all fluff, like all these kind of like negative things that circulated in my head that I had to learn to kind of navigate and walk through over these past eight years. Like, did you have any of that um, kind of when you were developing? What were the things you were worried about and what, how did you overcome them? Um, I like, I was always afraid I wouldn't get a detailed enough information or as accurate and um, I was very reluctant to even, even slightly still now to do readings for friends or family because I know too much about them and mm. how much is my mind going to get in the way um, at, at this stage. But even earlier on, I wanted, am I accurate? Am I detailed? Am I perceiving this right? Is it in my mind? Am I making this up? Mm. But it's only when spirit come back and give you um, evidence that you couldn't possibly know or the detail that you go into is like, okay, that's not something that's in my awareness before. Um, like one gentleman, to give a, an account, one gentleman came forward from spirit and wouldn't tell me how he passed. You know, sometimes they do, sometimes they don't. But um, this is a bit of, a, of an extreme, but I understood why. Um, he wouldn't tell me how he passed. All I knew is that I couldn't breathe. So, so some sort of asphyxiation, I couldn't, but uh, uh, he, he, he didn't. Um, take his own life by anything to do with strangulation or, or water or nothing like that. Mm-hmm. And all I kept getting was that and a little bit warm. That was it. Turns out he um, unfortunately set himself on fire. So that's oh. why I couldn't breathe. So it's like, okay, that's a bit of a shock factor, but it got me to understand what he was trying to imply by that. And I thought, I'll never get that again. And that, mm-hmm. that's so unique two other times to two other individuals, the same thing. Wow. That came up um, like months, maybe a couple of years apart, but he was a reference point then to that. So you're, you're using information. That's like a very extreme end, end of the spectrum with it. But it gave me an understanding that we're constantly learning with mm. it to get the proof that way. And that's going to be this, um, a recollection I can call upon when needs be if someone comes forward again with that. Other times it's just the detail of little what might seem insignificant for some people is so important for another individual. Yes. As well. Um and sometimes it's the slightest thing said is what brings that person and spirit back to life and with the individual that's in front of you. Um, I've had my moans with those and had eyes lit up and smiles from ear to ear. And it's like, that was payment enough just to see that because they know their loved one is still there with them, watching them. Um, And those things are, you you don't forget as well. And then you get this part of you that I'm more confident with this now. I'm moving forward with it. I can get more detail and get to a point to say, I'm a nosy medium. I want to know is by I'm like the Miss Marple Inspector Clouseau is the way I jokingly say to people because I want to get as much detail as possible as yeah. well from that side with very little being said from here 
as well, uttering yes and no if they understand what I say. Um, And that's why I say people or students should be starting off with try to get as detailed as possible. You're not being criticized in spirit or being critical of them by saying, give me more because they want you to see that you're able to do it. And they want you to encourage encourage you to advance as well to show what your potential can be. Yes, I love that. And I'm always blown away to you. I mean, I did strictly one-on-one readings for my first six years and I just started doing group stuff this or 2020. And um, so I'm always really surprised at what people find to be a great evidence, right? Like it's Mm -hmm. so subjective. Like some people took me forever to start getting names. And then ever since I started getting them, it's like, people are like, not as impressed. (laughs) I'm like, it took me forever to get this. And then like, I would be in a reading and I would just say the word, like I had a reading last year and I just said the word candy. Uh, And she just like freaked out. It was like, that's like all I needed to hear. I was like, okay, still don't quite know what it means. And I think as mediums, especially developing ones, there's a lot of pressure about what type of evidence like we need to bring through for it to be good, right? And air quotes, good. And um, it seems to be from a medium perspective that I've seen, it's all the same thing. But when it comes to like the sitter and what they find to be um, valuable and important, it's so different. And I'm always amazed at what they find to be that kind of like bomb moment, right? Yeah, I can give you a, a little sample of two little things. This week, uh, yesterday, I got a phone call from a, a, a shop owner I used to go in merchandising. And he's a medium as well. And he said my name was in his head, so he had to phone me. I haven't seen him for about four months. And uh, we're chatting away. And at the end of it, she, she said, I think I know why you're phoning me today. And that it's my uncle's birthday. That his anniversary was last week. His name is the same name as the gentleman I'm, I'm talking to as well. And he said, did he like Scrabble? He says to me and said, well, we played Scrabble Christmas night for the first time in 20 years. Yeah. <laughs> then it turns out when I asked my mother, yeah, he liked kind of word games. And that's that so awesome. Tiny little piece. He doesn't come true very often. That tiny little bit of evidence just to show that was my uncle coming true on, on, on his birthday. Um, and from a random phone call yeah so that's all it needs to be to show they're around and it's subjective and what is evidence for one won't be evidence for another yeah. as well but once you know what you're doing with integrity is true that's where you're doing a, a just service for spirit and um, and for the sitter as well yeah i love that i love that i appreciate you sharing that now earlier I wrote it down because I was like, I have so many questions for you still. <laughs> it might seem like I'm popcorn popping all over. <laughs> but I really have so many things to ask you. Um, earlier, you talked about angels. And so like being from Ireland, like one of the first angel books I read when angels first came to my awareness, it was like year two, because I didn't grow up with any religion at all. Mm-hmm. So angels were not something that were very common for me growing up. No one ever talked about them. Um, and then angels, when I started developing mediumship, really started to come into my awareness year two. And one of the first books I read was Angels in My Hair, which was from Ireland, right? Lauren Brynn and loved the book. Um, Anyways, so you mentioned them earlier. How do they come into mediumship, if at all? See, that's the interesting thing when, um, okay, from a Catholic side, we have angelic background and intrigue that way. Well, in spiritualism, we we don't talk about angels because there's no evidence of them. So that's what that end of it which i get a little bit confused by because one of our principles includes the angels 
mm. and that of spirit and the ministry of angels but yet we can't prove it but um it's certainly something that's important to me and angels for me in my philosophical way of thinking they're not all winged creatures and that but they will present themselves whatever way we perceive them to be because it's better for our minds to understand them and mm-hmm. um, but for me they're more evolved souls so that little bit more higher up in the echelons um within the spirit realm so they are the messengers they are the intermediaries so who i call the mediums of mediums <laughs> that, the other world is what comes to my mind at the moment um so like they're bringing that communication down and some will present with having this large um it's enough not feathery look but it's like the, the winged look of energy that would be around them so it's their auric fields of what we see and that and for some they will be perceived when the the winged side of, of of things but they're certainly communicators and intermediaries of information and wisdom as well mm. and guidance too so we believe we are our guardian angels and that that's a big thing that would be within i say the catholic religions the guardian angels and that and and in many other religions as well that they, there's different variations of them but their souls are there just to direct you along the way so if you think of it they're like the ushers in the cinema with the torch shining yeah. the light and the pathway um, and the intercede when needs be at times too just to keep you on the right track and maybe to raise your spirits your your mindset at times too little whispers in your ear as Lauren and Byrne had angels in my hair. And that's yeah. a little, little little shove or nudge in the right direction when needs be. Yeah, I love that. I just asked because like I've had a hard time marrying mediumship and, and angels and I, I have an equal interest in both, right? Like I love angel studies. I still study angels every single day. Same with mediumship. It's just a passion of mine. I did have an experience a couple years ago where um, this man showed up for a reading. It was actually meant for someone else in his family, but they couldn't show up. So they just sent him and he yeah. didn't know he was going to have a reading until like half an hour before. He's like, okay, I'm like, sir, have you ever had a reading before? He's like, no. <laughs> and then immediately I was like, oh God, I'm like, you're going to do this to me. I just felt angel energy all around him. I was like, sir, do you believe in angels? He's like, well, I don't know. And what they brought through was evidence like they brought through this uh, situation that happened to him when he was 17 where his life was spared and it shouldn't have been and Mm -hmm. the man just started weeping it was like this um presence more than anything it's like I don't know why I'm crying it's just like this like presence that kind of comes and uh, that was the only time that's really happened but I found it to be kind of interesting and so I've been kind of like on this quest to understand like what is their involvement of mediumship or mediums if if anything and that was the only time they really came through that strongly but they come through for me all the time Um, just again feeling love more than anything else yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I see them as very evolved souls. That's the way I look at it. Yeah. Okay, so one more thing before I go into the health thing, because I'm really interested about this. Because um, <laughs> I've, I've met a lot of really unhealthy mediums. <laughs> and, and you're probably the healthiest I've ever met in my life. And has anyone ever told you you look like Hugh Jackman? Yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> my, my coach is actually uh, Wolverine. Wolverine. And that, and I, and you know what? Earlier on today, I put up a, there was a TikTok I did last night, and um, I sent it to you in private messenger, and it was me reacting to the Greatest Showman and the three stages of the first time you see it, you're sitting there, 
and you're just smiling and enjoying. The second time you're dancing in the chair, the third time I'm actually dancing in the sitting room with it. Uh, <laughs> so someone said I look like Hugh Jackman. <laughs> yeah, you look totally like Hugh Jackman. I'm just sitting here. I'm like, this guy just looks like Hugh Jackman. I'm like, so if you're if you're on the podcast, hop over to YouTube so you can see the video of how handsome Declan is. And he just looks and the greatest showman for me is like my favorite movie of all time. It was the most life-affirming movie I've ever seen. I actually resigned from my job after uh, nice. watching it because I was like, I-, I can't waste my life. Like it was just, I felt so expansive. And if I do a demonstration, I did two before COVID, I would have yeah. done them every month if lockdown didn't happen. But I listened to the Greatest Showman song before to try to like shake out my nerves and just kind of get my vibes up. It's kind of like my jam song is the Greatest Showman. So anyways... <laughs> Yeah, well, always- sure. when I go back, when I do eventually go back to doing students for seances for physical mediumship, and that uh, some of those songs just might be included. Yeah, you're <laughs> like. I went in the circle. Okay, well, you actually just went where I was going to go next. Actually, funny, it was about physical mediumship, um, because I've, I've. Um, experience one experience with physical mediumship, which I talk about in episode 100 for people who are interested, but it was a table levitating and table tipping experience, 10 o'clock in the morning, broad daylight. It went on for like an hour. We had to sit in a circle for almost three and a half years to create the energy for physical mediumship, very devoted, very dedicated, same people, same time, same place. Um, It was one of the most profound experiences I've ever had spiritually in my life. Like it actually brought me to my knees. I was so humbled by the power of spirit within that second now have you seen the documentary on netflix um surviving death yet yeah i i know uh, nicola that's in it oh okay um, good yes i saw you guys talking on facebook actually i was like oh declan knows her i can't believe i didn't remember that but no, i, I want to ask time, i i do know her yeah okay okay because i saw you guys talking i was like oh he knows her so yeah. I was all in watching this. I was like, oh my God, because I've obviously studied physical mediumship. I've only had that one experience myself. Um, but I know that people who don't know so much about mediumship were a bit like unsure about that part of the documentary, the whole seance, the whole, like my parents were like, you know, they're not mediums and they they know I am, they live with me, but they're like, I didn't know what to think. I was a bit embarrassed. I was a bit like nervous for you. Like, what are people going to think about you after seeing that? And so people who just don't know, don't know. So I would love to ask you a little bit about seances and about like physical mediumship, some experiences you may have had, like, tell us everything. <laughs> well, my, my first, I didn't know what medium, what transport begin with and the, the first week long course I booked ended up being near my birthday and ended up being trance and so like they they had me then within a couple of days speaking in the altered state for half an hour and thinking I don't even know what I'm doing here but it's happening so but with the trans energy and that you're not every medium is a trans medium and not every trans medium is a physical medium so mm-hmm. they're say physical me- mediums are born and they're very rare Raid and that's nothing special, which is rare. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I started going and trying to explore and transcend, that opened up doorways to physical mediumship and learning a little bit about it. And um, I went my first experience of that with Stuart Alexander in Hull in Yorkshire, in England. Um, I got to shake hands with the spirit. So I all through the seance, he was in a dark room the 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 door is all sealed off and the everything's taped around so no beam of light can get through underneath the door over the door and that a red light is used in the room and the reason why red light is used 
is its low frequency frequency of the spectrum of light. So with ectoplasm that comes from the medium and the sitters, that energy is interwoven with energy from spirit and the sitters. It can form then objects, um, it can form rods and poles that will help levitate tables and that way nobody is touching, everyone's holding hands and mm -hmm. the table can lift up and, and drop. Um, but we can also get to a point where full materialization can happen um, where say my grandmother could stand there in front of me and medium or not medium, you'd see her, you'd hear her voice and that would be independent voice that will go with that or the voice box will develop and her voice will come through, which I'd be able to identify. Mm -hmm. um, but with Stuart, he was, as you see in that documentary, Nicola is tied down in the chair, her ankles, her wrists are tied in so it shows that she's not moving and Stuart was like that and underneath a, a table that was in front of us between me and him there was a red light and a glass top so the red light shone through the top of the table and it was like a heat haze out of the solar plexus and now that heat haze rolled like a liquid that if the ectoplasm beginning to build up and as it can dense down like a, the stump of an arm formed, then the knuckles, then the hand formed. Picked my hand up, shook my hand, tapped it on the on the back of the hand, and then dematerialized back into the solar plexus. And all the time I'm seeing Stuart's hands either side of, of the chair. So I'm watching these three hands in front of me from the one person. Wow. The one being from Walter, uh, his guide, because he said, do you want to shake your hand of a dead man? I'm not going to say no. <laughs> right. Um, so that was like, okay, I want to do this. I want to explore this. Um, and then in 2011, when I had, before I had my own center, I started developing in this room with a few friends on a semi-regular basis. And then a little table, hands on it, it start moving and walking about. And I'd done that before without seance environments, but it got to a point where the table was moving across the room and nobody was touching the table. Yeah. Uh, this is only like a, a small little cross little table. They used like a TV dinner table, if you want to call it that. Yeah. And um, then that started building and dancing around the room to the rhythm of river dance. Then we moved to a heavier table and the same thing happened again. People hands on the table, and then hands off it, energy built up, it happened. And we use a seance cabinet like the way you'd see in the documentary, but my one is a funny one. I use a toilet tent. Oh, wow. <laughs> I adapted the toilet tent as a seance cabinet. And it was one of these plastic camping ones. So it got very sweaty inside. Oh, my <laughs> so, gosh. Um, but like that's just to condense the energy down into that space. Mm. Um, but so, yeah, it's that developed into a point where we did sit every week, every Monday night, eight o'clock, when I had my own center for a year, every Monday night in that one room was dedicated to physical mediumship. And we had some lovely evidence come forward. And um, the only thing was I kept missing it all because I'm in, in trance. So I don't see any of this. So right. they, they let me actually get to a point where they could still move the table and bring me out of the altered state. Well, we got to a point where we had matter through matter happening. So my hands and feet are cable tied to the chair um, with a couple of cable ties. But at the end of the session, my hand would come loose. The cable tie is still intact in my arm and it's still intact on the chair, but one dissolved through the other. Oh. Uh, 
So, and that was tied in by one of the most skeptical. There was a medium, but he was a skeptical medium. There's a nice way of putting it. He was a part of the circle, but he wants more and more proof. Right. So he's a good person to, do, to, to tie me in to make sure it was done right. So with physical mediumship, it can bring a huge amount of healing as well, but it's just a rare form. It takes years of development, as you know yourself now, that um, it's find it difficult to get the right people that will be dedicated to sit every night that you sit for years, no matter what family yeah. occasions that come up, that they are there for that. Um, yeah. But it's important that they dedicate to one person within the group as well that spirit have chosen because if you keep alternating people which some do do that and you get some amount of evidence building and phenomena happening but spirit can't focus the energy in that one individual's mechanics and how it works with them so when they focus on that one individual over time they all benefit from it in the end yes okay so this is like the big question you kind of addressed it and hope you can elaborate on it because this is a question that came up in my community where, okay, we know with mental mediumship and we know the one-on-one experience could be very healing for the sitter, but what is the point of a seance? Like what is the intention? What is the uh, takeaway for the people who experience and know that these seance and these physical manifestations uh, exist? Um, For me, I've always left them and saying the people, the world don't realize how close the other world is. Mm -hmm. I've said that from every single seance I've been in from the very beginning and that's there maybe minus a couple that I've been to that I had my doubts over, mm-hmm. but, um, cause I have to be a rational mind too. And I would be inquisitive and, 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 and that's important. Um, unfortunately over decades that they would in seance environment, particularly because it's done in darkness, there has been some fraud being done mm-hmm. as well. So you have to have some sort of rationale also. Um, but to, to leave, that's the way I put it. When we have a loved one coming forward and they materialize, it can be very emotive. Even if it's just a voice coming forward and speaking through independent or direct voice, it can be very emotional for the receiver of that communication. And the expression known as a second death is experienced too. So if they've materialized and you see their face, they illuminate themselves and that can happen. Um, if it's not, if it's done in a dark environment, Spirit, I know, want to move forward with the development so it's more visual and it's in more light conditions or in a very light and dimly lit room where fraud can be taken out of the equation altogether, then it's very separate from the medium. But it can still be raw for the individual to have that experience um, because they're losing that loved one all over again. Right. So that that can that can be a part of it, but it is one of the most beautiful feelings to be in that you're stepping into the other world. Mm-hmm. And I, I give you a little joke too, that when I was doing our settings, um, my main control we had a man in spirit on the door like a bouncer, and if your name's not down on my uh, circle leader on that side, my main guides uh, list, even my nanny couldn't come into the room on that side because mm-hmm. her energy wouldn't be conducive for what they're trying to do. So if you weren't on Albert's list, you didn't get in. So they have it orchestrated in such a way to get the most out of it. But I'd love to see that become a more common practice, but it just takes time for that to happen. 
Yes. Thank you so much. I had no idea we were going here today when I got your bio, I was like, Oh, he does physical mediumship. Cause I need to ask these questions because it's been a bit, a bit of a hot topic, like since this documentary mm-hmm. came out and one of the, uh, you know, people who haven't experienced maybe physical media, cause I agree the atmosphere is just like nothing I'd ever experienced in my life. Yeah. I felt like I was in heaven right? Even though if you put scary music on and you see this table flying across the room, it would look like poltergeist or something like that, which completely changed my mindset on paranormal activity as well, because there's so much love. There's so much presence. Like you can't help but be healed in that atmosphere. And through evidence with the table experience, we knew it was one of the girl's brothers um, because he spelled his name out and it was actually his birthday. And we're singing happy birthday. It was kind of cool. It was like a really kind of cool experience. And so I'm so grateful that you explained that because I think that that is going to put some people's uh, mind at ease when it comes to kind of negotiating what they saw yeah. versus like, what's the point? So I appreciate that. No problem. Um, I'm so- still at the very early stages of it, I will say. I still need to dedicate, when I do get my own home with David, the, I, I told him already, I'm having a seance room so yeah. I can go proper development. So that's a part of, of buying a house. I need space for a seance room. I won't say that to an estate agent. Yeah. <laughs> And I so wish I lived in Ireland because I would like beg to be in your circle. I like that here. Like there's there literally, and that's a come, you know, I think about the evolution of mediumship and how mediumship before we kind of went to mental mediumship was physical. Like it was like the automatic writing, the seances, like this is what mediumship was back in the day. And we just don't have the capacity, the attention span, the devotion to sit for spirit like we used to. Yeah. If you look up um, Tom Harrison, that and the trumpet circle on youtube um you'll see the whole documentary dedicated and that's the the red light came from him well likes of his family in that sitting for spirit for physical using the embers of a fire as their light so trumpet so, the trumpet circle on youtube circle with tom harrison yeah Okay. I'm going to um, link that in the show notes too, for people, because I want to see it too. So I'll, I'll link it in the show notes for people, but okay. I will look at that. Very, very cool. So the last thing I really want to talk about with you, which um, I know like your passion is fitness and I've been following your fitness journey since 2014. And so one philosophy I heard from Tony when I attended one of his retreats was, you know, uh, and I know, you know, Tony, I saw you guys were friends too that sometimes mediums can be some of the most unhealthy people, (laughs) like just what they eat and drink and smoke. And I know when I first started developing mediumship, I put on a bit of weight because um, I don't know if I was like grounding with food, uh, but not like the best food. I was looking for like really dense food, like the sandwiches and like the wraps and stuff. So I'd love to hear a little bit more about your fitness journey, what struck it. And I also want to know if it's like helped improve your mediumship, your energy levels, all that fun stuff. But it's kind of funny that looking at back of photographs of me going to AFC and looking at say from 2009, there's the big belly on me then. And but I know now between I, I only came out of the closet in 2011, and that's where it was like a, a big shift happened with that like mindset shift and like an energy shift, and my mediumship got better as well because I hadn't got this energy, emotion, weight, and baggage I was carrying. Mm-hmm. too so i definitely felt that kind of come over me and uh, release it was a year later i was in the following january in 2012 a photograph was of me was taken when i was doing a workshop in i was teaching a workshop in norway and i'm sitting amongst 
all these lovely ladies around me and I'm right in the middle. And it's like, blessed art thou amongst women was the expression that was used. And I looked at myself and seen um, a, a physical aspect of me I wasn't happy with. I jokingly called myself the Irish Buddha. Because <laughs> uh, um, that's how I, I felt I looked in that photograph. And that spurred me on then to change. Um, so yeah, Spirit had a, say, a hand in it and wound it away. Because if I wasn't there and that photograph wasn't taken, I wouldn't have made a change. Mm-hmm. And I lost one stone within six weeks and um, going to a boot camp and that. And then hit and miss with going to training. And I even before then, I did do an odd PT session I went to, but I thought it was great going to the gym like once a month and mm-hmm. that type of thing. And um, I used to be very fit and active. I used to be involved in the scouts in Ireland and going hiking was a regular thing. And I did progressively see from um, being a, a Cub Scout leader at one point that the kids were more energized than I was and I like, out of breath, my asthma would kick in going on a hike and that. So I did over the years progressively see my health decline a little bit in, in the physical nature. Um, but after that photograph's taken, the journey started and I started to lose weight. Another medium friend of mine, she was a student, then became a good friend, got me to do uh, that same year a marathon. So I had nine months to train for the Dublin Marathon. And so I lost about a stone and a half. I did eight and a half hours of walking uh, for that marathon. But it challenged me and pushed me on that little bit more. And Spirit kept saying to me as well that for me, from my journey, it's not for everyone else, but for my journey with physical mediumship, they'd like me to be healthier. So Mm. that's one element as well. I've been on my mind. I want to get healthier for that, for whatever that is needed, whatever time in the future they want me to get healthier. So I did do that and signed up with my coach from Belfast again online and that. So I'm used to working online with someone for a long period of time in 2014. So they're the same same time you start following me, start working with Ben Mudge and um, that went on from there. So Six and a half years working with him. And then I trained up then. I said years ago I was going to become a personal trainer. And yeah, kept pushing it down the road. Don't feel worthy enough. The same thing with the mediumship. Don't feel worthy enough. I don't have enough experience. And then when I did the photo shoot then in 2019, that the kind of bookend from my heaviest to my fittest. Right. Uh, that was a. I remember a, that photo shoot, Declan. <laughs> <laughs> I remember very well and remember the very streaky tan that morning as well because I never had spray tan done before and uh, I was told to have a light shower the next morning because I did it I got it done the day before the photo shoot and uh, I said have a light shower the next morning which I did light cool shower and it just starts streaking and running off me so I bought more with me um, and just I'm rubbing this sun this, this lotion on me to try to get tanned that little bit more what I felt were patches so that's hence why some of my pictures I can see the patches on it other people said they don't I don't think people are looking at patches <laughs> <laughs> but like I, I was amazed by it and like my coach that day when the photographs have been taken I hadn't even seen the photographs so I'm just in mid pose and he's going like oh oh my god and I he was shocked with what was happening mm. and so we joke about that but for me, that was also about mindset change as well. It was like that focal point of setting your target on something and small manageable goals and achieving it. And the same principle applies to many aspects in life too, mediumship included. Mm-hmm. And 
I've always seen each year that's gone by New Year's, I don't do a New Year's resolution, but I give myself three goals maybe to aim for in the year. It could be I want my clairvoyance side to be a little bit brighter and more clear, or my clairaudience just to be a little bit louder. So there's mm. little things like that to aim for. And with all these things, fitness and mediumship, stop using the words you can't. Right. I can't do this, I can't, because like that's what prevents us from put the energy out there. Sure. I was told by spirit before, you want to see us. Well, stop saying you don't. Right. So you don't hear us. Well, stop saying that. So with the with the physical side of things, and the, I said I never get abs. And I did the whole thing before and get those belts he put on to you to try to jiggle everything about inside to get the abs developed never worked just yeah. hard work and dedication and training and understanding and i've just signed up and started doing a nutrition coach coaching coaching course as well mm. so yeah it's it's been a part of, of the journey but i know it'll all come together as well and i end up working in a, in a gym studio now where the owner has done reiki to oh. an understanding of, of meditation and interested in some sort of spirituality and we said soon enough we'll sit down and do meditations together never expected that right and this is kind of leading me to something I've never thought too much about but in North America maybe it's just a North America thing I don't know like there's this kind of like you know I'm in Canada but I, I speak for my American clients as well there's this like kind of like all or nothing thing where it's like full-time medium or bust. Right. And yeah. so, but I see so many people out that way where mediumship is so much more common. And that's where like the best schools are. And some of the most amazing mediums come out of the UK and Ireland. And like, here you are pursuing a whole bunch of other passions. So like your whole life, whole living is not doing mediumship, right? No, like I tried doing that. And for me, I'd be very blunt. And like my journey has never had a huge amount of work with mediumship. I get nice pockets of work and it does be, and I've always been blessed and been grateful for the people that spirit sent to me for workshops and that, even if it's only five people at a time, because I know the people that work with me have a, a dedication and a integrity mm-hmm. that counts much more than quantity and that for, for me. And um, so like I've had, I, I love my travel and I work and I was, honored to be go to calgary a couple of times and it, there was one small group the first time and then it was like two larger groups the next time like word got about a little bit yeah. um but I, I i enjoy doing that i see it now as a hobby for me i tried doing it as a living at one point and it was a struggle mm. uh, so that's why i'm a gardener i'm i'm a personal trainer i'm an online coach now but i'm going to see you now mediumship as a hobby that i enjoy I have a passion for and like with the lockdown now I've decided to go back into more of my own development to I'm going to utilize this free time I've got to see what can happen Um, and all because last week I was walking locally and I looked up and seen the blue sky but then I started seeing pastel pinks and reds and yellows and oranges as well I've Mm -hmm. seen a glimpse into the spirit world and their their sky and that's like okay you need to come back to us now so yeah. I'm doing my, my work as a personal trainer and I am talking to my clients about what I do and some of them are intrigued by it, which is interesting that way. So maybe at some point I combine it all together, but I never expected to work at a gym where when I went for the initial interview, there's a Ganesh on the wall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's Nelson Mandela quotes and banners I used to sell and all these things. And the, the owner is interested in, in 
a form of spirituality, which gives us a bit of common ground to talk about. Yeah, I love that. And I, I do believe that like when we declare like through mediumship development that you're going to be of service to spirit, the service may look different for everybody. And you can be of service outside of a paid reading and outside of like a demonstration. And I think you're kind of seeing that too with what you're doing with your career too. You're like, it's oh. It's a way of life. It is a way of life. It's something that's going to be integrated in as well. And it's funny when I go to Italy to visit my sister, I sat down at lunch and end up communicating with Spare for two hours of a conversation with their loved ones. Yeah. Some of the, I've actually learned some Italian words from doing spirit communication. Oh, <laughs> I love that. I love that. Well, this has been so much fun to get to know you better, Declan, after, you know, I don't know, seven years of <laughs> lurking on your wall. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I know that um, the Spirit School listeners are really going to enjoy this interview. So do you want to tell people how they can follow your journey? I, I know I, I will tag your Instagram account, which is very fitness focused. You can see the photo shoot we're talking about. <laughs> but anything else you just want to share? Ago, you know, I'm working my way back to that. <laughs> <laughs> you're great you're great but, uh, so mainly uh, on facebook it'd be i am i am spiritless and that um or is, is declan uh, declan flynn spiritless medium there's a couple of pages there on facebook and um, i don't have a website anymore for that work as i said i'm just going to keep the facebook pages that's there but i am spiritless to be the, the main one and then you have declan finn flynn fitness as well on instagram and on facebook Awesome. And I'll have those linked below too. So you can just go access them quickly. Well, thank you so much, Declan. Thank you very much. And thoroughly enjoyed it. Awesome. Me too. So I hope you enjoyed this episode with Declan. Definitely check out the show notes if you want to see links to some of the videos that he was referencing about physical mediumship and how to keep in touch with him as well. I'll see you next week, listeners.